Good morning and welcome back to the Daily Thread. It's great to be back. It's great to be back here in the uh, <laughs> studios of uh, the Daily Thread. Um, it's uh, it's just great to be back. Uh, yeah, you missed you missed the good weather. I know it's uh, here in New York. It's great cloudy, uh, great cloudy today. I haven't seen that in uh, I don't know eight nine days. Really? So wow, that's what clouds look like. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just waiting for a rainbow. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, good, good to, to have you. How was your How was your trip? Very, you know, um, all, after all these years, I haven't figured out how not to come back from vacation exhausted. You really? know, um, because you know, in 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 my lifetime, uh, this whole concept of vacation, as far as I'm concerned, has uh, been transformed. To because you don't go to work anymore. You know, these days, work follows me wherever I go. So if you uh, want to analyze or uh, look back over the last uh, eight, nine days, y you'll see that I did everything I do every single day. People rarely are able to just disconnect from work completely. I guess you have to have a certain kind of occupation when you, know, when you can just... Uh, Maybe more of a corporate... Yeah, when, you, when you're not there... Uh, you don't have. I guess it. it I guess it, it. changes from business to business. Yeah, certainly, as a business owner, you're probably never off. Speaking of your business, yes, the, the newspaper. Yes. How about what so, about? So uh, a few emails. We, we, oh, you're getting in. emails about the newspaper now. <sighs> That's like cross pollination. We're gonna Why, put you I on mean, blast. Right I don't get now. any emails. Now, let me about ask you a question. You. On the on, on page five of of last week's issue. Uh, last week's issue. Okay, I have to see if I can remember that far back. Should I pull last it out? Last week's or? issue. No, I I pretty much know what you're. Uh, what you're referring to, but go ahead. <laughs> there there the was a, a big full page ad. Yes, there was a lot of full page ads. Thank God. <laughs> you're, you're you're already acting like a politician on this one. No, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's how you got through uh, yeshiva uh, and uh, through oh, full page and ads? through college and through all your uh, yeah. advanced education. Thank God for college. Through those full page ads. Anyways, a full page ad for Kathy Hockel. Okay, she's a legitimate uh, candidate for uh, governor. So the question, of, uh, the question, the question is, is I'm not endorsing her. I, don't I know, endorse her. I know, but the question is, is if you wanted to refuse that ad, would you? Be, are you allowed to, or it's legally an issue? Um, I, I don't. I don't think you could uh, refuse an ad uh, like that. It's a legitimate political. What would ad. happen? She's a legitimate political candidate. There certainly are ads that I have refused over the years. I know you're allowed to refuse ads, but if you were to refuse a political ad, like we used to have, we, we used to have an ad around you know, Kipper time for a few years. I don't know what happened to those people. There was people that were against cruelty to chickens for Kaparis, uh -huh. you know. And I used to run the ad, you know. I just ran the ad. What, what's, what damage could be done? People have a right to express themselves as long as they're not hurting anybody. But people really said, how could you run an ad like that? Did, did anybody ask you why you, why you ran that uh, Kathy Hockel ad? Um, uh, one, maybe one or two other people. I mean, I shouldn't run the ad altogether, or your problem is that it was so uh, uh, on page five in the paper. What is your issue? Well, again, legally, are you allowed to not run that ad? Uh, you have to ask uh, attorneys whether you could refuse an ad and what the basis of an ad is. Certainly, and, and then why? certainly, I think in this day and age, uh, this day and age in, of suppression and censorship, you probably can find a uh, a route uh, to refuse an ad. Is it difficult for you, being that you're such a you're such a Lee Zeldin guy, to to run that full page ad so f uh, so like up uh, up front in that newspaper? No, no, you see. You see, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's how I differ from you or from a lot of other people. Maybe it's uh, the, the fact that a matter that there's such a, a gap uh, chronologically between us. I don't know if that's it. But I believe in civilized discourse. 
I believe if someone doesn't agree with you, they should be able to express themselves in a reasonable and intelligent way, and you have the opportunity to, in the same way, reasonably and intelligently and rationally and logically, uh, disagree with them. That's fine. That's what we're missing today. Um, you understand I, what I'm saying? I, I hear. I hear you, you. Have to, you have to be able to. That's what's missing today. That's what's missing so terribly today. That's why our society has crumbled in, in, in the way that it has. Uh, because um, it used to be that you are able to um, disagree with somebody with respect. Right. So I think Kathy Hochul is presiding over a New York State disaster. She's just a uh, the next stage of uh, Andrew Cuomo, who was a disaster, but was still governor for eleven years before he was forced to resign. My my only response to that is is this song that's going around. Wow, that that's amazing. No, listen. I only played know, a few seconds of the song, but like. I hate I hate I hate saying the words the Hasidim. It's not right to categorize. Right. There's a great deal of diversity within the Hasidic community in New York as well. Everybody right. knows by and large that when it came to local elections, New York City, New York State, they've had a proclivity and a disposition to vote um, Democrat. And when it came to national elections, they voted for for Trump and Republicans. And and so on uh, and so on down the line, um, but uh, you know I don't know if it's a miracle or or how or why it happened, but um, there is a uh, a targeted attack against the Hasidic community by uh, New York State government, and uh, the governor is the head of New York State government, and I don't know if you read it or where I where I read it or saw it, but uh, first of all, Kathy Huckle couldn't meet with the she didn't have time. No, she didn't, not that she didn't have time. She's a woman. She couldn't meet with the Zalman Leib, the South Rebbe in Williamsburg. Oh, she, oh so they, they she didn't sent, allow it. She sent uh, her lieutenant governor, who was a very nice guy I met once last year at a, at a dinner, Anthony Delgado, Antonio Delgado, actually. Um, but um, according to what I heard and what I read, the Rebbe told her that, if can you can you tell us that you're not going to continue this um, assault on our yeshivas? And he couldn't promise that. So he said, I'm not going to endorse her. And hopefully that song is mm. a result of uh, uh, the, those uh, internal uh, you know, machinations. Yeah. And if the Hasidic community, which I believe has tens of thousands of voters potentially, if they make the difference in this election and, and Zeldin wins, uh, I think it's, uh, it's super big. It's super big. I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so let's just discuss some stories. We, we unfortunately couldn't get an episode out yesterday. You were traveling. Right. Um, hopefully the rest of the week will be here. Yes. And Mirza next week Shem as well. Yes. Um, so we missed a news story. Over the weekend, there was an attack um, on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Yes. Uh, LA Times reports attack suspect told police he intended to take Nancy Pelosi hostage, interrogate, and torture her. <clears throat> In a voluntary interview with San Francisco police, after his arrest, David DePape said he set out to... Uh, to to hold Nancy Pelosi hostage and torture her, the Department of Justice on Monday filed federal assault and kidnapping charges against David Tapape. So, you know, I heard that he he had taken a hammer to the head of Nancy's husband, who is in his eighties and now is right. in, in the hospital receiving right. care. Um, so, what's your question? 
It's not a question. <laughs> it's just a news story that that happened, and and Listen, I think that uh, you, know, it, you could love or hate her. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt no, like that. Uh, you know, violence. There's, there's under no there's no circumstances where violence is something that anybody can condone, and that that goes that that's a continuous conversation of what I was talking about a moment ago about civil discourse. Uh, we have to be able to disagree vehemently and strongly and extremely, um, but without resorting to any kind of threats or violence. Not just violence, even a threat of violence. It's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. And where are where are our leaders uh, uh, to to draw the line instead of uh, remaining silent? By the way, last night on Tucker Carlson on Fox News, I heard the police recording of Mr. Pelosi calling. Um, calling the police to say that this guy was in his house mm -hmm. and he said that he has a friend is here with him with a hammer so he referred to him as a friend interesting so there seems to be maybe he, there, there are different conspiracies there's a lot there's a lot of different <laughs> versions of what was going on there leave us leave it at that yeah we wish that we wish him a wish him a foolish absolutely so over the weekend as well uh, the twitter story has has progressed elon musk is becoming the chief twit. He is taking over Twitter. Right. Um, in a tweet from Matt Wallace, the former CEO of Twitter, Parag Agrawal, was rude mm -hmm. to Elon Musk right. over text, mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. he would not actually be able to close the deal um, to buy Twitter. Right. Then Elon Musk dropped $40 billion on mm -hmm. it, right. fired Parag and his buddies, and canceled their massive severance packages. <laughs> Got to be careful. You don't know who your boss is going to be. You don't want to be making enemies like that. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lawsuit over that, and there'll be some kind of a settlement uh, ultimately. Uh, but um, it's a it's a it's a major game changer having someone like Musk uh, in control of uh, what they call you know the uh, modern day communications uh, mainstream town square. The town square. That's the town of the square. That's the town square of the. Uh, uh, of the internet where people exchange ideas and you know the democrats unfortunately uh uh cannot remain in cannot remain i'm not gonna say cannot remain in power that's up to the voters they cannot remain powerful so long as they don't have the ability to censor and suppress people joe biden never would have been president if uh if uh if what's it called high tech um big tech big tech what they call it big tech if uh, uh, Joe Biden never would have been president if big tech would have not been able to suppress the New York Times story about Hunter Biden's laptop. That's a, that's a, that's a, it was banned. That's a theory. It, it, that's it, a, alleged. It wasn't on Twitter. It wasn't allowed to be alleged. on Facebook. I mean, that's not, that's not a fact. Well, you know, um, Donald Trump won in 2016 because uh, there was a story floating around five days before the election where, what's his name, James Comey, who was head of the FBI at the time, came out and said that what she did was wrong, but we're not indicting her. What? Mm -hmm. What she did was wrong? You know, she lost the election based on those few words. That, that who's in, The intent of those words to, was to exonerate her and get her elected, but it backfired on her. Yeah. So. Our population is very, very, very large, and people are very, very fickle. And like we said last time, we did a recording, I think, maybe it was last week uh, before I left, we said that people uh, draw conclusions based on the flimsiest amount of information. They, have, they don't have to know anything to be able to draw a definitive conclusion and believe that they're right. What, if you ask them, why do you think you're right? What is it based on? I don't know, but I'm right. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because if you see a few days ago, 
Ted Cruz actually went on a, a TV show called The, the View, which has right. four or five women, including right Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, and um, he actually held his own. And this yeah. is a, a clip I'll show from from The View. Okay, and like you know, Whoopi Goldberg says, uh, you know. She was, they were basically saying the Republicans, there's no, you know, they, they riot, they protest. Mm -hmm. And he called out, how about the Antifa protests? Right. And she said, I don't even know what an Antifa protest is. Right. <laughs> Listen, it, it, that's what they do. It's uh, La La Land. Uh, they, they lie. They just, they just lie. They just lie. You know, I was writing something uh, this morning for this week's paper. And, you know, during the Trump uh, impeachment hearings, one of the two Trump impeachment hearings, there was a discussion um is not telling the truth and lying the same thing? Or is it, is it two different things? He didn't tell the... You could say about somebody, oh, he didn't tell the truth. Or you could say he lied. Is there a difference between the two? And they were arguing that there is a difference. What's the difference? Well, not telling the truth is, conceivably, you could uh, just not say anything. Okay. Okay. Lying is mean that you misrepresented, uh, misrepresented something. Um the people we're talking about, in this case, Democratic leadership leading up to 2016 and 2020, and even now leading up to the next, war, next week's midterm elections, they out and out lie. You know, Joe Biden said last week that uh, gasoline now is thankfully down to 336 a gallon instead of the $5 that it was when he came into office. When he came into office, it was $2.25 a gallon. And, but uh, you know what? You can't even blame him because he just reads whatever they write for him. And they're laughing probably in the back office about how they could, <laughs> they could put they could put anything up there on the on the uh, what's it called again teleprompter <laughs> they could put anything they want on the teleprompter and this guy is going to read it. Do you ever worry about being too pro Republican publicly? Um, uh, first of all, I'm not always pro Republican. Uh, I'm pro what's uh, primarily uh, good for the state of Israel and pro what's good for the American Jewish community and pro what's good for the United States of America. And I think you'll be hard-pressed to find uh, people today that could uh, reasonably argue uh, that uh, this administration is, uh, has an effective and, and uh, reasonable foreign policy. And to, they, they should have been, been able to bring Russia and Ukraine to the peace table months ago yeah. to settle their differences. But they, they don't want to do it. It's true. Because you know why they don't want to do it? Because someone's making a heck of a lot of money yeah. from all those billions of dollars that are going to Ukraine and billions of dollars, the um, the military, uh, uh, the weapons industry, the tank industry, the rockets, the missiles, the anti-tank uh, missiles. Someone's selling those things for a lot of money and making a lot of money. Yeah. And those companies that are making that money are making a lot of political, do political donations. You know, they go to sleep at night, they're praying the war doesn't stop. So now on to the topic that is, has been dominating a lot of the from world over the last 36 hours. And What's that? You know, hate, and we spent a lot of time last week on anti-Semitism, but what are we going to do? I mean, Kyrie Irving, the star for the Brooklyn Nets, right. posted on his social media last week a, a picture of a book. Right. Um, from uh, Negroes to Hebrews. From Negroes to Hebrews. Which, I, think it, I think it's supposed to rhyme. It doesn't really which, rhyme. Which is filled with anti-Semitic tropes. It doesn't really rhyme. You know, first of all, you didn't read the book. I didn't read the book. I read you the, read the book? No, I read what the book was about. Yeah, what was the book about? <laughs> so I have an advantage over you. <laughs> You're cutting that out probably. What, what am I cutting out? Uh, that I said I have an advantage over you. No, don't worry. You have an advantage <laughs> over me. 
<laughs> no, you see what it, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not defending Kyrie Irving. Uh, you even, uh, we didn't even get to it. How are you going to defend him already? Uh, are you also going to call him crazy and say that he doesn't know? No, better? no. I'm not going to say that he's crazy. You know that he, you know when when approached about it by the the front office of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, what did he say? And told to apologize for yeah, it. Yeah. He he said, "You can't tell me how to think, and you can't tell me how to apologize." And I'll show a clip right now. Okay. Uh, of Kyrie Irving being being confronted by Nick Friedel of ESPN about this. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it? Do you see me doing, do you see By me in front of the, the title? putting it out there, people are going to say that you are promoting. Yeah, I put promoting. it out there just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I, okay. I, it's not You put stuff, things out there for a living, right? Right, but my great, stuff is great. not filled with anti-Semitic stuff. Let's move on. Let's, move on. Anti -Semitic let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing I'm that. Another You're human free to post I can what, post whatever I want, so say what, that and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post, to understand anything from you. But, but it's not me. Nothing. By it's no people that you're making you up, bro. Move on. But by posting move what on. you Next question. Next Anybody question. Do you guys have any more questions? And they're me? gonna say, "You guys have any more questions?" Because this is gonna be a beliefs. clip. This is gonna be a clip that he's gonna marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. Oh, this, this is another answering your question. Oh my God! Let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question. That that is yeah. that is that is arrogance. Like, he's avoiding. He's avoiding the issue. Obviously, he's very uncomfortable with it. This is a guy who plays in Brooklyn in one of the one of the most. Jewish neighborhoods in the world. You go into Barclays Center any given game, and there's a ton of yarmulkes. Even last night, we'll put a picture up over here. No, our young race with yes, his family. Yes, yes. They're with shirts. Right. right. Stop anti-Semitism. It said uh, it, it's not a good thing that he's involved in. Obviously, um, the Barclays Center is very popular. It's very close to both Flatbush and Crown Heights, and there's three kosher restaurants in the Barclays Center. Always about food. Always uh, about food. Well, listen, Jewish life is dominated largely about food. But when I was at Barclays Center about a year or two ago, two, no, about three years ago, yeah. I, I saw people sitting in the restaurants that didn't even bother going into the game. I guess they just come to the Barclays Center, buy tickets to the game, and they sit and you schmooze in the restaurant. Now, of course, uh, has, what it, what his, his support, if he's supporting that claim, has to be condemned, of course. And it was condemned by the by the ownership of the Brooklyn Nets. It was condemned by many in the media. But again, you have a lot of people online who are saying Kyrie is right, Kyrie is right. And you know what? I want to play a clip over here at Rich Eisen, who is a Jewish Jewish who is member he? of the media, Rich Eisen. Okay. We'll recognize him. What and is this saying? is I'll play I'll play a it was a seven minute video he had part of his part of his Rich Eisen show. Okay. And I'll play a little bit of a clip of what he said. You're dehumanizing me, Kyrie. I'm a Jewish man. Okay. Descendant of People who died in gas chambers and got incinerated by Nazis. You're dehumanizing me by putting on your platform a book and a movie that is filled with anti-Semitic tropes that are designed or eventually lead to the dehumanization of me and my children and my ancestors who died because they were Jewish. It's not funny, it's not hilarious. And I can't believe I gotta tell someone from Duke who clearly is smart enough to know, yeah, I mean, you're not promoting it with like a tour. It's not like a book tour or a movie tour. But when you put it in front of four million people who might not have already heard about it or know about it, you're promoting it. I think it's so well said by Rich Eisen. And yeah. 
Yeah. And I think the whole his response, his back and forth was was just like it was embarrassing. And you know what? As a from community, as a Jewish community, take a stand. Stop going to Nets games. Boycott the Brooklyn Nets. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Why are we supporting people like this? Why are you paying money for tickets to go sit there and watch this raging anti-Semite Kyrie Irving who will not apologize? And not only that, Marcus Stroman, another athlete who used to play in New York, he went onto social media to back up Kyrie Irving about it. Mm-hmm. Enough is enough. The Barclays Center is full night after night with from Jews. Right. There's a lot of kosher stands there. Right. Cut it, cut it loose. Cut ties. Our young guys sitting courtside over there with the fight anti-Semitism shirts. I want the, those seats should be empty from now on. Call up the Brooklyn the Brooklyn Nets front office. Enough is enough. That's Absolutely. your star. That's your star. Unless you suspend him, unless you sit him down, or unless he apologizes, enough is enough. We're not going to your games anymore. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think that's the uh, that's the right response. We have to take a stand. I I think um, the world um, with all the with all the um, the prejudice. Racism, um, anti-Semitism in the world. Uh, I think that probably of all these uh, hateful things, anti-Semitism is probably the oldest, the oldest one in the book. I know, but the problem you is, know? you know, especially now with 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 what happened last week with Kanye, the Jewish people get they we get accused of oh anti-Semitism, and, 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 and this is the problem. Unfortunately, the world thinks that there's a little, a little, little legitimate crease, a little legitimate place where anti-Semitism can exist. That's right. the problem. That's why. Because you know what? In New York, in the last couple of years, every time there was a, there was attacks on Asians mm-hmm. in in New York. There was people that were assaulted, pushed off the platforms. Some cases murdered, and they were all Asian, either from China or one of the Asian countries. And um, it got front and center in the news. But still, there were far more anti-Jewish attacks, and I didn't get that kind of attention because that communicate that that in in activity that lack of mention also communicates a message. You know what they say: not speaking up is speaking up. Yeah. By not by not uh, featuring those guy, guys who had shrimels riff off their heads in Flatbush on Friday night, or uh, or uh, had a fire extinguisher fired at them in Williamsburg, walking home from shul uh, on Friday night. And, and this happens far more in far more cases than any kind of um, hateful attacks against other minorities. Um, you, you're saying that, yeah, it's terrible what's happening to the Jews, but you know, and that's that that that's that's that's, yeah. where the, that, that's where it's more wrong than anything else. Ellie Wiesel says the silence always helps the oppressor, and it never helps the victim. So don't be silent. Don't be silent. Speak up. Call the nets. Call the nets. Send them an email. Yeah. Let them hear. Especially the, if you're a season ticket holder. And there's uh, there's a lot of from Jews. There's a lot of forget about from Jews. There are a lot of Jews who have season tickets to the Brooklyn Nets who are from New York. Enough, done. Let, let, let me say one word about the science of protesting. Okay, okay. how it works. Uh, Take sixty seconds. I used to go to NORPAC to Washington D.C. Uh, you know to show support for Israel to meet with senators and congressmen to show support for Israel. And maybe I'll start going again now that you know we're in the post-pandemic life. But they used to tell us that 1,500 people came from all around the country. Yeah, 1,500 people. And the, and the guy that ran this thing always said that when you, um, when you make a phone call to a congressman's office, you leave a message, they, at that, that to them is like 10 people. Like 10 people. Because you're doing something. When you, write, when you take time to write a letter, they consider it as, as, as if 1,000 people, yet you're representing 
statistically, when you pick up, when you go, when you take off from work, when you get on a bus or on a train or on a plane, and you go to Washington to meet with them, each person is considered as if it were representing ten thousand people. You hear? So that that's that's the nature the nature of protest. That means when those fifteen hundred people came to Washington from all over the country, that they represented millions of people. Yeah. So you bet you you bet that the congressmen and the senators were going to show up to hear what we had to say. Yeah. So I, I you know, that being said, I really um, this it, it makes me upset. This we this, have to uh, this we have story to, we have to stay on it. We have to stay on it. Yeah. yeah the story makes it makes me upset. You're reaching a lot of people. It's very easy to send an email uh, these days to protest. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Do we, do we have the email address or phone number that people can? I don't know. Let's look it up today. And, and we'll we'll, and we'll put it on. It we'll tomorrow. put it on here, or we'll put it in the description. There was an NFL TV ad that was paid for by Robert Kraft, mm -hmm. which was about standing up against Jewish hate. And I'll show you the ad right now. That was paid for by Robert Kraft. And for those who are listening and not watching, it was, you know, it's worth it to go ahead and watch it on YouTube uh, to see. That was broadcast on the games That on was Sunday? broadcasted on Sunday on mm -hmm. some games. And uh, shout out to Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft, is, uh, he's a chassan. He got married uh, recently. He's uh, in Shona. He's 81 years old, Robert Kraft. His wife passed away a few years ago. He's done a lot for the Jewish, for the Jewish uh, he communities. Was, he, was, uh, he was a guest of honor at the Yeshiva University dinner a few years ago. There's a big football stadium in Jerusalem where all the yeshiva guys play. Yeah, play uh, flag football, or whatever they play, uh, flag football, or touch football, or in Robert Kraft Stadium. So he's very closely identified with the Jewish community, and this is great that he's taking that kind of a stand. And and you have to get the word out there. We're doing our little part here. He's doing his uh, part in a much uh, larger way. And, uh, and and thank God for that. We need people to, to stand up and speak out. Yeah, listen, it, it really, honestly, I'm not somebody that um, spends a ton of time focusing on the politics or activism. It's just not what I'm busy with or it's just not my personality. But especially this Kyrie Irving thing, it bothered me tremendously because he was given an opportunity to, to apologize. He was given an opportunity to say, I didn't know better. And he 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 didn't do that. In, in fact, he doubled down. Um, and I think it's like, you know what? People like that exist, no problem. It's fine, but as a community, as Jewish people, we need to we need to not support them, and we need to not pay his contract. Because every single Brooklyn Nets game you go to, and you're paying the Brooklyn Nets, you're paying his contract, you're paying his millions of dollars, and this guy is using his influence to to spread hate against Jews. Okay, let's see uh, let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes from here. On a lighter topic. Um, a lighter topic. Yes. There's a video <laughs> of a bear. A bear entering yeah. a shul in Pomona. Okay, how did he get in? I think the, he was. I think maybe he was maybe the tenth of the minion. I don't know. No, there was no one else. There was must be during the night. No, nah, it was yeah. There. It was during it was during the night, and this black bear enters the shul. Maybe it was just before Elena and everybody left the reading. Maybe, and I'll show the video right here for those who who can see. <laughs> I swear he walked out with something. Did he? Maybe he got the pushka. Well, I walked out with a bag. Maybe it was somebody it. dressed up as a bear. Uh, I think it was leftovers from Shal Shudas. Yeah. Yeah. 
It says here lucky, that... Who's lucky bear, if that's the case? It says here on Yeshiva World, unfortunately, the bear was unaware of the kitchen that is right next to the base medrash and didn't make it in. So, uh, yeah, this was in the Orshlomo Hasidic Center, a.k.a. the Karbach Shul, in Pomona on Sunday night. Walked Dangerous. around, didn't find anybody. There's a lot of bears nowadays out there, so... Be careful. Uh, they're hungry. They're hungry. Yeah. They're looking for food. Apparently, there's some kind of a shortage in the bear community for food. So, Are, are you serious? Maybe they just all woke up uh, from hibernation. I don't know. I don't know. Sometime, hibernation. It's, it, what did it even start yet? I don't know when bears hibernate. You do? I don't know. I don't know when bears hibernate, hibernate but um, apparently he was hungry. There's a lot more bears than, than usual out there. And um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe he's in a bad neighborhood where there's not a lot of good stuff growing on the trees. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so you got? that's our that's our episode for today. Obviously, the Israeli elections are today, and we'll know results right. more. We'll, we'll, we'll know some of the results. Well, uh, some of the results tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that, and and uh, of course, I go through all the emails that everyone sends. We got an email here from somebody that says, "Hey, I've been refreshing Apple Podcasts all day today and yesterday, waiting for a new episode of the Daily Thread. My commute oh, to work so is bad. not the same. I feel so bad. Can't wait to hear you guys from anonymous. I feel so bad. You know, what we should do." Um, I, I know we're not ready for it yet. We should do this live one day. Can we stream, <laughs> can we stream it live? One day, God take, willing. We can do it one, one, one day on we'll a take Sunday. Phone calls. We can take phone calls on this. On a Sunday, on a Sunday, if you, if you know how to do it, I don't know, if you could stream this live for an hour, you know, and uh, take phone calls from people. For, for, for premium members, perhaps. But um, uh, okay. un- until then, you could go ahead and email thedailythread at meaningfulminute.org what topics, what stories you want to see us uh, mentioning, or if you just have some feedback, um, please go ahead and rate this podcast on Apple, on Spotify, leave a review, subscribe on YouTube, and we'll be coming at you with an episode tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, God willing. So stay tuned, and have a great day. Okay, be well. Be well.